and welcome to another episode of Body Life. It is a beautiful, drizzly morning here in Southern California, and I love it. Good morning, Jeff. What do we got on the uh, agenda today? Well, we got a new one. So Colossians 3 is going to be our passage, and the there's three things that come up today. The first one is bear with one another. The same verse says forgive each other, and then three verses later, admonish one another. So what do you think just cold read what do you think so uh, actually i i see these three kind of going hand in hand okay. with each other like um i mean a starting point is tolerance right how we're okay. really designed or we're supposed to be putting up with each other's nonsense that's kind of <laughs> what it sounds like right that's another way for saying love one another <laughs> live in harmony with one another yeah yeah i get it tolerate each other's nonsense so but but the bear one another is um that one is probably you know, when I first thought of it, I thought bear to bear with somebody is to put up with them, right? Or to tolerate okay. them. But I don't necessarily think it it has to be a negative thing either, you know? Okay. To bear with somebody could just be sometimes Put honest, up with their nonsense? Some t- yeah, it definitely is put up with their <laughs> nonsense. But it could be uh, just as something more simple than that, you know? Just okay. to, you know, sometimes people just don't, like the way each other uh, look there's time i'm trying to dance around this but i'll give you <laughs> last night is a great example we're trying to watch this selena gomez documentary right oh, Meet Jake and Case. <laughs> all right and uh and we're, we're doing it while we're eating dinner and every silent point in the because it's it's actually a sad kind of kind of a dark documentary so there's a lot of low volume a lot of silence okay and uh and the moment I hear those two chew in the silent points, <laughs> I just want to throw them out of the house, right? But that, you know, that's nothing. Like, I don't dislike them. They're not, I know it's me. I mean, it's your wife and your son. I, know, I hope you like them. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm the issue. So sometimes when you bear with each other, you have to realize that, you know, it's just something as simple as, uh, look, dude, sometimes you're the chew issue. Chew with your mouth closed. Sometimes you're the issue. And you got to get over, like, just life behaviors by people that, all right. Hey, I, I actually thought we we're going to have to stop and re-record. I didn't know where you were going, man. <laughs> and you brought it home. So your wife and your son, whom you love, sometimes rub you wrong. Could be yep. your fault. Could be their fault. Listen, they could no, be sloppy no, chewers. Who it's knows? It's their fault, honestly. Totally. But. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> but bearing with one another, rooted in love, is going to fit our passage today. Yep. So I'm going to say, when I hear bear with one another forgive each other. I'm going to assume someone else is doing, and I'm just going to make this personal about myself. Someone else is doing something that affects me negatively, right? Even to the level of them doing something wrong, not an assumption, but it says forgive them. So there's something I'm forgiving them for, right? But on the far side of it, three verses later, when it calls us to admonish one another, which really means correct or reprimand somebody, right? right? In your case, chew their mouth closed or whatever (laughs) it is, right? There is a place where we go from bearing with, tolerating, if you will, forgiving if something's done wrong, to actually correction. And I think we're going to see that move in this passage. So, Colossians chapter 3, I said that earlier. We're going to look at verses 12 through 17. It begins with, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So right away, as God's chosen one, we know already that these are things given to the church that 
people inside the church are doing with one another. In this case, bear with yep. one another, forgive each other, admonish one another. Okay. And so someone in the body is doing something that negatively affects somebody else, and that is being spoken about in this passage. What do you think? I think that, um, I think that again, by, by going into a... Uh, into any relationship, but in in the context of the body, right? Mm-hmm. But going into any relationship here at church, if we have the overall uh, philosophy of forgiveness, then we can bear with each other. Okay. If we have the overall philosophy of forgiveness, we then can admonish and it not be like something weird or something out of line or something um, that is based in, in really more me than you, you know? Sure. Like, like look... We'll use the food example. Oh, Case Jake, they're, eat, they're chewing their mouth closed. I just hear them and it bothers me, right? <laughs> I don't need to forgive them. And I, what am I going to tell them? Could you suck on that food until it's soggy enough to swallow without <laughs> chewing, please? Right? So there's no, there's no, any, like, because awesome. I'm based in this overall forgiveness, the bearing with also on the, on the lighter end of that is, um, is just, Understanding where the problem lies for one, but, but sure. two. now, as you fast forward, if, if in, it looks like in this context, we're not talking about that scenario of last night, right. but we're talking about more of something specific. If, uh, you know, somebody comes up and yeah. they say, or they do something that's either to you or to somebody else and you've observed it and it's offensive to you. Uh, and it also has to be ungodly or not right. 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 Like you can't, you, we can often be offended by things that are right. Sure. So in the case of how someone chews, it may or may not be sinful. Okay, but when we get to the church and we're being given these how to live in life inside the body of Christ, these guidelines and challenges and callings to what we're to be, right? Um, we start with this attitude of compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And when I hear that and I think of bear with one another, I, my brain goes to, and I don't think it's limited to this, but I think this is probably a common example. Someone maybe who is further along in their faith and then someone who's newer in their faith. And that the one who is more mature needs to bear with the others as they grow in their faith. I think like parent and child or something like that. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting about that comment is the way that my brain just processed it. So when you first said it, I thought of it like... Um, almost like oh like the mature guy doesn't do anything stupid right right but then i thought of it then i then i kind of i guess worked through it really quickly and and realized that, well when you say mature i mean yeah if they're mature in that moment then they're not the ones doing the stupid stuff right right so well it, and if forgive each other is in there then there's been a wrong committed right but the calling is to forgive it to bear with it so it's kind of back to your tolerate Right, and uh, we put up with things of little kids when they're ours or when we care about them. Yeah, we put up with things because we have lower expectations. And when I hear "bear with," "forgive," um, I, I, I kind of my mind goes to that setting that someone more mature is walking with someone less mature, and that and it may not always be true because the same thing would happen. Or the same calling would be there if the more ma- more mature person, who is also still sinful and broken, does something wrong, the less mature person in their faith is still called to bear with them and forgive them. Like the calling yep. doesn't change, but it's a good way to think through it, a process through it. 
Yeah, I think it's an analogy that we could follow, right? Yeah. So it's an analogy of that this kind of starts at the top and anything less than this applies. And we can we yeah. can put it in the same way of being. Yeah, just thinking about yeah. it, right? So verse 13 goes on, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So there's this attitude of patience, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, all these things that are obviously acquired, right? And that's, I think, why my brain goes to the more mature. Like those are not things that are natural in selfish people, people that think about themselves first. Yep. And in the church, we're called to put others before ourselves. And so attributes that will grow as we mature, so then bear with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. So if there's a complaint, in other words, a valid complaint, right? Forgive each other. And that's a two-way street, right? Forgiving each other as if we've gotten into it and we've done wrong things, we forgive each other. But then it throws this in there, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. We always have to remember the gospel metric here, right? Like how many times have I sinned against Jesus? Well, okay, clearly I don't right. have a number on that. Right. So how tolerant of other people's sins am I to be? Well, I'm supposed to be imitating Jesus, so grace-filled. Of course, that doesn't mean accepting all sins or ignoring all sins. That's where we'll get in a minute. But the idea of Jesus forgiving me when I am repentant and tolerating me when I'm not repentant and growing me towards that is the model that we get for how to treat one another. Yeah, you know, as we look at just the way that uh, it's described, actually back up to verse 12, and it talks about um, holy and beloved, right? That's right. kind of a, that's kind of an easy one to understand. Compassionate hearts. So I think we kind of get that. But then once you get to like kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, now you have to break down those words a little bit because I think what's uh, what's in exists in most people's minds uh, is a little more shallow than what this actually means. For sure. example, kindness, for example, that's not being nice to somebody, right? Kindness is not being nice. Right. And, uh, and uh, just like humility is not just, um, uh, humility is a, it's a way of living. It's sure. not a, it's not an act. Right. So yeah. to, to have humility is like this, this lifelong thing you know it's deeper than just say oh i'm going to be humble in this moment and, ex and right. not do anything well no you're actually being the opposite of humble in that moment when you do that right so and then meekness for for example well patience let me hit up patience because meekness is, a, is something i want you to touch on real quick but patience patience does not mean tolerate right patience right. is much more nurturing than tolerate patience is is deeper than tolerate yeah. tolerate is to put up with patience is to have compassion for over and, time yeah yeah and, and it's it's more empathy it's it's but meekness meekness is a word that's probably misunderstood by most of people probably yeah. most of society right now doesn't well, get what meekness is yeah meekness is actually a synonym to patience right so when you're patient with somebody you're being meek you're but it also it fits from it, it fits in between humble and patient and so Humility, I've always liked the definition of power under constraint, right? Yep. So I think about uh, the toughest guy in the room isn't probably talking about being the toughest guy in the room. Right. right. He's probably just confident, right? He just knows, hey, I can handle this, whatever. And so he's confident. You never know. He just is. Yep. That's humility, right? Meekness 
is that kind of patiently enduring the other people that are less than humble. You know, and so we right. have that kind of middle ground between patience and humility in meekness. What it's not is weakness. It actually takes strength to not be that other person, right? To yep. not act that way or to allow everybody else to affect you so that you react. And so that meekness and patience and humility and kindness all fit together for a posture towards somebody less mature or aggravating in some way or somebody who just, like we all do, does something wrong in any given circumstance. Yeah, meekness is one of those things where, where you could visualize like um, a guy standing there looking to the floor with his head down and, you know, arms right. crossed and just kind of in solitude. And that, That's not what it is, right? Yeah, that's weakness, like right. you said, right? And yeah. So it's very important that people understand meekness because it, we're called to be meek so many times about so many things in the Bible, you yeah. know? And if we don't even understand the word, how could we possibly accomplish that? Yeah. But not only do we need to understand the word, we need to understand, with its understanding, we need to be empowered. We need to study more. We need to pray more. We need to worship yeah. more. We need to, you know, love more. And, and all of these things that, because, because we can't be meek if we're not confident in these areas, right? Sure. Like you were saying earlier, meekness is a confidence. It's a right. humble confidence. And we cannot be meek with, with forgiveness if we're not confident in our forgiveness right yeah we can't be meek in our love if we're not confident in love well like i said the toughest guy in the room right does not necessarily mean the biggest strongest guy right i'm thinking there's some navy seals out there and there's some highly trained people out there that are when you look at them you wouldn't know that right right their level of confidence and training and equipping especially when everything hits the fan they're capable of remaining calm like that's half the battle right so when we think about that and we translate that to a spiritual humility, uh, the same idea is the level of training, the level of equipping, the ability to handle circumstances is a part of the posture. Yep. And so Jesus is God become human, right? So all of God, all of divinity shrunk down to, for lack of better terms, human flesh, right? And yet, while he was in human flesh, he wasn't running around flexing, you know what I mean? He yeah. was humble, meek, kind gentle when jesus was being crucified he was he was not weak he didn't right. look weak when they were beating him when they were ripping his clothes off and shoving the crown of thorns when they were doing all of that stuff right none of it was in in weakness no that takes incredible strength yeah incredible strength especially because he could have put a stop to it well and you've already hit on this but the next verse says and above all these put on love right, right? which binds everything together in perfect harmony so we've talked about live in harmony with one another earlier episode love one another earlier episode but right now as we hit this like not just jesus strength ability training equipping but his love for me for you for the listener right now his love gave him the strength to humbly meekly kindly gently endure the greatest suffering right right, right? he did that and you know i can't say what's on his mind in the moment I don't know if he was thinking throughout time and, you know, could see me and you. But, I mean, for sure he's thinking Peter needs this. John needs this, right? The church needs this. Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought of kind of what our conversation earlier in the day is like when you're in the middle of pure chaos, 
your mind to to get through it to to understand it to endure it to do all of the things you need to do to get to the other side is about shrinking that paradigm mm-hmm. and and being right there in the moment right then and there in the moment yeah and and each new i don't want to get too graphic here but each new blow to jesus was thought of and again this is just me thinking right is sure. thought of a, as a new circumstance right i don't look at a 12 hour beating or however long it was sure. as an incident each new thing has to be an incident it's the only way that i can endure it yeah right yeah each punch jars you out of your focus you have to refocus yeah, yeah, yeah. right absolutely so verse 15 let the peace of christ rule in your heart so this is that gospel reminder that we are humble because Jesus humbled himself, that we are kind and gentle because Jesus was, and he is transforming us into that, not because in our own strength we're to white-knuckle it until we're gentle. In fact, I think you probably end up with the opposite, right? But that these attributes should be among believers, lived out within the community of faith, the body, right? That's why this is this series in the podcast is called Body Life. How do we live with one another? And so bearing with one another... It sounds like somebody who has endured some time and seasoning, maybe learning, transformation, training, whatever it is, right? The disciple of Jesus who's been a disciple of Jesus for a minute is walking with someone who hasn't been. And you're going to put up with different things in the beginning because it's expected, right? Little kids haven't learned everything yet. We have different expectations, but adults we expect a level of things. Yeah, I also think that um, that when when you talk about patience or even bearing with, sure. and you talk about love, and you, let's take love for example specifically, um, to bound in love is deeper than loving somebody. So being bound in love, define that as how is that deeper? So for example, um, this is kind of like a brutal truth here, but right. so if my love for you is conditional. Sure. And if I say it's unconditional, I'm, I'm actually lying, right? I so agree. as the condition change, my love changes. Right. But being bound in love is not about you or me at all. Well, it is about me and my core value system. Sure. Uh, being patient. Uh, for me to not be patient with somebody, but to be patient with you is a very immature way of living. The mature man is patient as a lifestyle. Overall. Yeah. The mature man loves as a lifestyle. It has nothing to do with the person in front of them. It has everything to do with them being selfless and putting the core value system that Jesus wants us to have in our hearts for each other in front of their own desires. Yeah. It's that top line value when the top line value of the church, and this is where I think there's a flaw in the church today. When the high level top line value, right? The one that helps guide all the rest right, is love, and it's not just love for God. That's what we typically say, oh, I love Jesus, therefore I'm a part of something, but love for one another. Jesus is very clear, hey, the deal is love God, love one another, right? Yep. That's his summary of the Old Testament law, love God, love one another. And so the expectation is in the church that our, our two key values is a love and worship of God uh, specific to Jesus and the gospel, but also our love for one another in the local church here, right? Not, and again, we've said this over and over, not just randomly being a loving or kind person in normal everyday life, though there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, and that is a part of it, but that we would love love one another, 
and that that would be a top-line value. If love reigns supreme as a value in my life, especially in my engagement with the church here, and your life and your engagement with the church here, then what happens when people do things that may aggravate, or maybe they're unlearned, or maybe just whatever, then bearing with them and forgiving them becomes much easier, Yep. right? It is easier to forgive someone you love than to forgive a stranger. If, if, we, were to, if we were to boil down, man, obviously, just stay with me here. If we were to boil <laughs> down uh, to one word what the downfall of man would, is, what the original sin and all that it would bring to today in a relationship. Think of all the complications and everything that's going on with world hunger and, and nations at war with each other and people attacking each other in the streets and all every, the worst, most heinous acts that you see. It could be boiled down to one word. What do you think that word would be? And selfishness. It's selfishness. Yeah, for sure. Pride so and selfishness. That's it, right? Pride is bred off of selfishness. Same idea, right? right. So selfishness is it. So when when i love you that is an act i'm going to say to an extent without without take the negative connotation away from selfishness sure. that's an act of selfishness that's me loving you when i love like jesus loved that's a selflessness thing right sure because if if it weren't selfish then why is it changing with our conditions totally right? true yeah so uh to, to grasp onto these things, like I, I keep dwelling on it because I think it's really important. I think that most people miss it. And that's why we're in the condition we're in today is that that uh, most people miss the deeper meaning of things yeah. like patience and meekness and bearing with and love, you know. And, and at the end of the day, if we would just wake up every day and try to be as selfless as right. possible, we would be doing a lot better than we are in society for, for sure. sure. You know? Well, I mean, marriage, right? I, you probably, you, me, people probably get married for selfish reasons. I fall in love with somebody typically means I have some feelings um, that lead me towards wanting more of this person, right. right? But if it remains selfish, right, if I'm focused on what I want, that marriage is going to be bumpy from day it's gonna one. End. Right? It it's going to end, right. When I learn to be selfless, I would suggest, and I think you're saying the same thing, that's where love kicks in. Like love becomes this covenantal selflessness, self-giving of one another to one another in unique ways. Marriage obviously has its its unique way, parenting, church, they all have their unique relationships, but it it becomes more about giving away than it does about taking in. Uh, I would I would go far in using that analogy. And actually we could use this with the analogy of each other in the church. Um, that we fall in and out of being bound by love mm -hmm. with our selfishness. Sure. Absolutely. So Paul goes on here in Colossians. He says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we go from bear with one another and forgiving one another. And then three verses later, there is, now it doesn't dive straight into it, but let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, things like that, but admonishing one another. So admonish means to correct or reprimand. And so what I see is a move here with some, with really some rooting and grounding in love and in the gospel, what Christ has done, 
especially equipping and, and, and training and understanding his word, we get from bearing with people and forgiving them to correcting them and helping mature them, right? So again, kind of using the assumption of the mature working with the immature. I know it won't right. always be that, but using that paradigm, if I am more mature in my faith and someone is doing something that is uh, that requires me bearing with them, tolerating their actions because they just don't know, and forgiving them when they step over the line. Eventually, there comes a place where correction must be right. It's that kind of age-old, if you love your children, you will discipline them, right? If you love your child, I don't care how much they hate it, you will stop them from running out into the street to get hit by a car. Right. Oh, well, that's, you know, my choice. Yeah, I'm not, I don't care about your free will, your choice. I don't care about your independence and your freedom. I care that you don't get run over by the car in the street, yep. right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you, you <laughs> your know? independence. Right. Freedom. There you go. Well, you know, I just wanted millennials <laughs> to get this. So, yeah, all right. Um, so there, if we love people, we're going to teach them what is best for them, right? Yeah. Hey, this way that you're living is death to your marriage or to your life or whatever. Here is a better way. Well, correcting them. And so I think the foundation of love that you're talking about, that the top line value is loving each other, I think that helps shape when do we bear with, when do we correct? And I think you, you hit it, you, you killed it. it it's, it's when it's not about us. If it's not about you annoying me or uh, bothering me or rubbing me the wrong way, because all those are selfish things. When it's just, hey, I'm going to put up with this. I'm not going to call it out right now because it would be more about me than it is about you. Like, let this go yeah. until they learn it later. Or, hey, right now I'm going to call this out because it's what's best for you. When the focus becomes the other person, not ourselves, I think that's what helps us shift from bearing with and forgiving all the way over to correction. Yeah, I also think it's very interesting that the correction part comes last in these instructions, right? Yeah. So... And I think that's for good reason. I think not only uh, are does that keep the corrector in check with his motives and intentions, right? If we're if we're bearing yeah. and if we're being patient, and 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 all of that, and and we're doing it bound by love, you know, all that kind of stuff, and then we're correct. That pretty much keeps your intention and purpose. But I also think you need all of those things to accept correction, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're mastering how to be that. And then the correction part is a give and take. Sometimes sure. you're going to correct, sometimes you're going to be corrected, you know, but you yeah. have to be all of those things first or you're not going to hear it well or deliver it well. Yeah. And really if if there's the framework or the the foundation being love, God's love for us, God's forgiveness for uh, for us, to us, towards us, our love for him, our love for one another, all that setting a foundation the other piece that Paul continues to remind us, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, right? Yeah. And then teaching and admonishing. So teaching is like, hey, you may have never heard this. Here's a good idea. Or here's what God calls you to. Or here's what you can do better. Admonishing is, okay, so I've taught you this once, twice, third time, right? And now I'm correcting, right? And so right. it shifts. It's got these, it's got layers to it. But it's rooted and grounded first in God's love for us, our love for him, our love for one another, and in God's word. And you're right, man. Some days you're the windshield. Some days you're the bug, right? <laughs> like sometimes you're the corrector. Some days you're the correctee. That's funny. Yeah. So um, as we kind of wrap up this this round here, I think 
I know personally, I went off in, in like different tangents because I, I wanted to emphasize the importance of understanding what we're actually talking mm -hmm. about here and understanding how, although we're talking about how to be with each other, that none of it really has to do with the way you're being with each other. It has to do with yourself and your own heart and your own value system yeah. and how that is what is going to allow you to be patient. That's what's going to allow you to bear somebody. That's what's going to allow you to love and, and it, that kind of thing. So, but if we're wrapping this up and we're talking about in the context of the body, the most important, what do you think the most important lesson to walk away with is? Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think you were on it right there. The way I can contribute to the church relating to one another better is to mature myself, right? And, yep. and I don't have the power to mature myself, but to f make sure that I am maturing. And so that I love God more, that I love one another more, mo that I am in God's word more, right? So that I will be being transformed more. And that will teach me to be selfless. It will teach me to be patient. It will teach me to bear with someone else's you know, quirks more. It will cause me to be more forgiving. The more I understand God's forgiveness for me, the penalty Jesus paid for all my junk, the more I'm going to be forgiving of others, right? It's going to teach me to pray for people. Prayer is going to make me more gracious with them. And yep. ultimately, when it is time to teach and correct, then I'm going to do it from such a place that isn't selfish. Um, we those who are doing it would do it from a place of selflessness, love and care for the other person. And yeah, I, the best way we can make this church and our relationships to one another better is to be better grounded in Christ. Yep, absolutely. So we're going to wrap this episode up with that, guys. I want to thank you for listening and just kind of tell you, if you like what we're doing here, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, hit us up on our social media accounts and uh, we post all kinds of cool, fun stuff there. But until next time, guys, thanks for listening.